in an average lifetime, you'll spend over 90,000 hours working. That's almost a fifth of your conscious life. The responsibility of choosing where and how you'll spend these hours is in your hands. So how will you decide? Hi, I'm Angus Bryan, and you're listening to Stop, Drop, and Roll, a podcast devoted to helping students succeed in adult life. On the first episode of the series, we'll be teaching you how to explore your interests and figure out what career is right for you. Today, I'm joined with guests Sam Lehman and Marina Bryan. So, before we get started, why don't you guys tell me a bit about yourself? Sam, why don't you go first? <laughs> uh, <laughs> so, I'm Sam. Uh, I am a mechanical engineering student, I guess. Okay. I am going into my third year, and I am currently on a co-op work right now. Okay. I am also kind of hot, but you know, that's oh. all you really need to know about. <laughs> I don't think they can see you. Uh, that's why you have to tell people that you're hot. <laughs> they could just tell by the voice. Marina, how about yourself? Uh, I also am a student at the U of A, and I'm in my fifth year of a business degree, majoring okay. in marketing and minoring in art and design. I'm also on a co-op work term in my final work term of my degree. Oh, that's yes. awesome. Okay, so first of all, I'd like to talk about our past experiences and how those can help us find what passion we should take. So, when you guys were younger and people asked you the question, what did you want to be when you grow up? How did you answer that? Marina, how about, how about you first? Uh, well, I had some unique career goals as a child. Uh-huh. I wanted to be a bus driver so I could go on all of the field trips. That makes sense. I wanted to be an ice cream truck driver so I could eat all of the ice cream. I was very into vehicles for yeah. some reason. I don't know why. Okay. Um, I wanted to be a writer for many years um, and I would say that would be the main dream job when I was yeah. little okay what about you Sam uh, I wanted to be a paleontologist when I Ooh, that's awesome uh yeah, it didn't really happen, though. So, you know. Still uh, could. Still could, yeah. Yeah, it could be a major career change. Yep. I also wanted to be a train driver, oh. um, which also hasn't happened yet, but, you know, never know, it could be in the works. Yeah, that's true. For myself, I actually wanted to be a cartoonist when I was young because I was a big fan of Garfield and Kellen and Hobbes and just thought that it's amazing how a single person can be the entirety of a publication. Like nowadays, there's hundreds of people working on a movie set or there's hundreds of people involved in a newspaper. The independence of it really attracted me. So did your guys' childhood dreams come true? I'm guessing not. <laughs> I hate to break it to you, but I'm not actually a paleontologist and train uh, driver. I, I mean, I could be one or the other, but unfortunately, I'm not even that. Uh, so no, they yeah. did not quite come true. So why did you choose your current profession instead? Um, I don't know. You're putting me on the spot here, Angus. Was it was it the money? No, I feel like I grew up a little bit, and I didn't really mm. want to be a train driver anymore. Those are those are like real jobs, though, right? This isn't like. Like going, being a bus driver to go on all the field trips. <laughs> yeah, that is a very totally okay with that. Yeah, a very six-year-old dream. Yeah, yeah. I feel like those were six-year-old passions. Oh, not, well, you know, you know, I'll let you think about it, Reina. Why, why didn't you turn out to be a bus driver or an ice cream? Mm-hmm. Why didn't that work out? 
well, a bus driver and an ice cream truck driver, I realized that would actually be pretty boring because, first of all, you don't actually get to go on the field trips. You just okay. get to sit in the bus all day, which is, like, smelly, hot, yeah. not so pleasant. Yeah, lots of kids. Um, and I think I wanted something a little bit more interesting, something a little bit more creative than being an ice cream truck driver. Um, as far as being a writer, I still do a lot of writing in my current career oh. and probably will. And who knows? I could still write a novel at some point. Yeah. So, Sam, do you have anything to point out before we continue? Regarding my prior answer? Yes. yes. Uh, <laughs> why do why you <laughs> Uh, I feel like my train driver thing is kind of similar to Marina and her bus driver <laughs> thing. You know, I kind of figured actually, you know, sitting in a train all day is not probably that much fun. Although the horn, I'm not going to lie, that would still be yeah. pretty fun. Yeah. Um, paleontologists, I feel like, I, I don't know too much about paleontologists, to be honest. Yeah. But I feel like it's not necessarily the most viable profession for yeah. a lot of people. So... What you guys are telling me is that it's a lot about knowing what the job entails before you really dive into that sort of path. So what what kind of steps did you guys take to learn what your current studies would entail? Like, what is it like to be an engineer or a business student? Well, being a business student is very varied. So there are lots of different possibilities. Marketing, as well, has a lot of different fields that you could pursue within that. And I've only just started to consider all of the different paths that I could take within marketing. Currently, I'm working in a communications job, but you could do more marketing strategy. You could work more with trade, um, exporting, actual product development. What What I'm getting in here is that you pictured yourself as a businesswoman, right? Or as a marketer, like sort of madman-esque. Is that mm, what you yeah. attracted you? I or could, was it more like laying down the steps one after another? You weren't exactly fixated on where you were going. Uh, yeah, I'd say I went into marketing without a specific job in mind. The reason I chose marketing was because it was a creative field, but also a little bit more practical than a lot of other things I could have pursued and the versatility as far as almost every company either uses some sort of marketing agency or in-house marketing or communications of some kind so you can get involved in many different industries so it's sort of the adaptability of the education is what you're going for if you train to be a bus driver then you'd be good at Driving buses, a of things, yeah. <laughs> yeah. or maybe ice cream trucks. You know? Yeah, and with they're business, probably quite similar. Yeah, and as a businesswoman, maybe you could own a fleet of buses, or a fleet of pies, or a fleet of work. <laughs> a fleet of pies. <laughs> that is what I want. in there, but that's new career goal. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, let's get on to the next one. So, looking back on your youth, do you see any interests or hobbies that may have led you towards the career path you take today? But you, Sam. Not really, to be honest. I mean, most of my hobbies kind of involve, like, soccer or, you know, like, skiing or stuff like that. That doesn't necessarily lend itself immediately to engineering. But I think, you know, it was... I was always pretty good at math and science, and I just enjoyed those kind of things. Um, 
and the whole creativity aspect of engineering is semi-appealing because you don't actually have to be that creative yeah but you can kind of pretend you're creative and you came up with the thing which is nice because it's like you can skip the whole i am actually creative and just yeah. reap the benefits kind of deal so if someone was looking at their kid and being like hmm this this seems like they should be an engineer. Like, what would they be doing? Like, building a castle out of blocks? Or... <laughs> well, firstly, I'm going to say I feel like people shouldn't look at their kids and decide for them. Mm-hmm. Because there are a lot of people like that in engineering. And honestly, a lot of them don't seem that happy. And they don't seem like they're going to be that great engineers. But... Ignoring that, I feel like if you were to, you know, just look at a kid and be like, they would be a good engineer, um, honestly, you're probably just looking at math, science, and, you know, ability to build stuff. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Do you see that more in international students, or is it domestic students as well? Like, where parents are going ahead and sort of pushing them in one direction or the other? You're asking just about the parents kind of pushing them? Well, you based students, from what you see, I know international students and domestic students are well they have differences honestly I think it's it's pretty similar there's a lot of domestic students as well who are very heavily guided by their parents but I feel like the international students they might not do as well because they don't have the same kind of support structure or whatever so if they run into the same issues as domestic students they can't you know go home or whatever as domestic students can and they can't reevaluate. There's a lot more pressure on them, I feel, because their parents have shipped them over from wherever and spent a lot of money on getting them to do whatever. Yes. So if they don't do superbly, it's not so hot. So, Raina, I know you've been a student for a bit longer. A long time. Yeah, So do you have any opinions on this, Matt? Whether international students face more pressure from their parents? Sure, or just generally parents enforcing their beliefs on their children in terms of what education they should pursue. I'd say that there are some parents who enforce their opinions on their children a lot more subtly than you may think. Yeah. Because uh, I have lots of art and design student friends, for example, whose parents may not necessarily understand what that career path would mean or how they will make money or generally support them so they may you know they're allowed to do what they want but they may not have the full support of their parents or the full understanding okay so let's just step back for a moment marina looking back on your youth do you see anything that may have led you towards business any any hobbies or interests like that um i don't know if i'd say lemonade stand. business specifically <laughs> definitely had some lemonade stands oh yeah oh. some cookie stands I think we ran an art stand once. Um, So I've always been very interested in making money. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, So that is one aspect of being a business student that is very similar. Yeah. I'd say specific to marketing, I did a lot of things as a kid and as a teenager that I'm realizing are coming into play now. Uh, for example, like I edited the high school yearbook, very similar to what I'm doing now. 
I have written for school papers right. and designed things for school papers. Um, and it's kind of only looking back now that I, I'm like, wow, that is very similar to what I'm doing now. And I learned a lot from those things that are now applicable to my career. Yeah. So was there a specific event or moment that caused you to pursue your specific career? This is not going to be the answer you're looking for. It's okay. um, but to be honest, one of the reasons I chose engineering uh, is kind of so I could kick the can down the road as to what I would do. Because uh, the way the university is set up is you do kind of a general year, and then you choose what kind of engineering you want to do after. It'll, like when you go into your second year, so that would be like chemical or mechanical and so on. Um, so I kind of didn't really know. And I knew I wanted to do something on the science slash math side, uh, but I didn't know, you know, if I wanted to do biology or physics or whatever. Yeah. So I kind of chose engineering so I could, you know, decide later, <laughs> which is not the most yeah. responsible choice. But, you know, it's a choice I made. And the fact that engineering is um, probably quite a good choice financially and, you know, is quite stable is not... It, it didn't hurt the situation yeah. either, I don't think. Would you recommend that route towards new UFA students then? Towards having no idea and just, <laughs> yeah. you know, continuing I, blindly? I feel like that's pretty <laughs> common yeah. for I, people not to really know what they want yeah. yet. I, I, I wouldn't recommend it, no, but I feel like it didn't work out badly. But yeah. yeah. I mean, it didn't set you back, did it? No, but I feel like it definitely could. Well, the other option is taking a year off or going to school somewhere else or going on a trip I guess would you recommend that instead well I I feel like honestly almost yes I know I'm going to be taking some time off after I graduate yeah because I feel like one needs to take some time off at some point and there's not really that many opportunities to do it yeah. so I mean if you really don't know uh, and you know you want to take some time off at some point and travel the world a bit I feel like doing it right after high school and before you go into university, it's not a bad decision. Um, I think you do need, you know, to have a plan as to what you're doing afterwards. You yeah. know, commit yourself to going to a university or a trade or whatever. Mm-hmm. Marina, do you have any any opinions on this? One way or the other? On a specific event that inspired my career path? Sure, let's go back to that. <laughs> or what was the opinion on well, um, taking a year off? Well, it's either entering school right away for something that you're not sure you actually want to do or taking a year off. I would say that I also, going into university, did not have a very good idea of what I wanted to do. Yeah. Which is partially why I chose business, as it's and the same as engineering. You start off with a more general year, even more general in the case of business, because you have to do a year in either science or arts. Um, so I was like, well, my plan will be business. We'll see how this first year goes, not being in business. Uh, it all worked out for me. As far as taking time off, I feel that it can be a good thing. I know a lot of people want to learn more about themselves, discover new things, try new things, see what they really like. But I think that it also often doesn't help you make a decision one way or the other. Yeah. And it can be very difficult to go back to school after taking that year off. I did have some friends yeah. who did that and then went back to school the next year and are still, you know, I guess it's in the same boat as most people. Yeah. They're still not really sure that that's what they want to do for the rest of their life. 
which is not necessarily a problem. You can still change. There are lots of people who end up in careers that are not related to what they studied and are perfectly happy doing that. I know I've been through that myself because I was actually considering taking a year off and my parents were not on board with that. <laughs> exactly. So I decided to go to a polytechnic school or a trade school and it wasn't it wasn't a waste of money, I say, because I learned some valuable things. I had some good experiences. But now I'm going to university as of September, and I will be two years behind my friends, which is sort of a downer, but I don't recommend taking a year off. I'd say it's nice if you know you want to go to university to get in there from the start, because they're normally really good with allowing you to shift into different programs. Do you agree with me? <laughs> um, That's what I've heard. It depends on the programs, what you're shifting into, what you're shifting out of. I know it's really difficult to transfer into engineering. I can tell you right now, the engineering faculty does not let anyone in whatsoever, and they don't let you move around within it. Once you've yeah. chosen something, you are committed and you are locked in for the life. Sure. Whereas other programs, I've had friends who've changed from yeah. biology to English to history. Arts to business. Yeah, arts to business, engineering to business. I know people who have done that. Wow. Um, but also, I would say, as for you being two years behind, yeah. time is all relative. You're not ever going to be really behind in your life. That's just a different... Yeah. You're just on a different timeline. I know. Who I'm, cares? I'm looking at it wrong. I am in my fifth I, year of university. Yeah. I have two years of post-secondary education, so... Yeah, no problem. What's another four, right? Stay in school forever, kids. Yeah. Anyways, <laughs> I think we skipped... We skipped you here. What what was the specific event or moment that led you to pursue business? Um, I do have a specific moment. Okay. It was when I went to the U of A Welcome. Oh no, I do know what it's called because okay. I've worked at it. Uh, U of A Open House. Oh. Because I knew that I wanted to go to university after I was finished grade twelve. Was not completely sure what I would want to study. I was yeah. considering fine arts. I was considering design. I was considering doing an arts degree in something like sociology or linguistics. Yeah. But I attended the business presentation and they really sold me as they should as business professionals. <laughs> they should know how to make a pitch. But that was what made me decide to go into business Yeah. for the reasons that I've already said is that it's a very versatile degree, gives you a lot of practical skills that I think other degrees don't necessarily include. Yeah. It does prepare you for a career after you finish your degree. They support you a lot in finding a job. <laughs> so yeah. all good things. Yeah. I want to make money someday. Yeah, great things. Yeah. So, but the open house is an optional attendance thing, right? It is, yeah. So would you recommend that to students who are looking to figure out what they want to do? I would recommend that to students who are undecided for what program they want to enter, yeah. uh, for what, if they've already decided a program, to learn more about what they actually do in that program. Because I've had friends who've started in one, decided they completely hate it. We're not expecting the amount of work they had to do yeah. in one thing or just didn't like part of it. I'd also say that it gives you a really good sense of the campus. Yeah. So just checking out a school and seeing what the vibes are like, what the students are like, how they spend their time. Yeah. 
that is always good information to know before deciding on a school that you will spend yeah. most of your time. Most of your money. Yeah. Most of your time, most of your money for the next probably four years. So Sam, did you go to this open house? Uh, I didn't go to the business open house, no. Yeah. I did go, the engineering faculty did hold kind of an open house thing. And there was obviously a general U of A open house kind of deal. So did this engineering presentation rope you in as much as it did? I feel like I was already uh, looking at engineering before that. Yeah. Um, I kind of did something a little bit different than Marina in that I uh, shamelessly pestered one of the advisors uh, mm -hmm. for as much information and as much of his time as possible, yeah. uh, which would honestly be what I recommend. You know, go somewhere, get that business card, and then just never leave them alone. <laughs> and eventually, you will get all the information you want, and it, you'll get a good feel for it, actually. It was quite helpful. That is very proactive. Yes. Yeah. Not an approach they would like. No. <laughs> but it worked for me. That is what the advisors are there for. Yeah. I'm sure they'd want you to reach out and get as much information as, as you'd, you'd want. Mm -hmm. Maybe not pestering. <laughs> well, you can use different vocabulary and then it's okay. Anyways, anyways. Let's move on to how, about, how to go about planning for what you'd like to do. So now we're going to use a technique from grindkim.net that helps you explore your skills and interests to discover what career to pursue. This exercise is best done when you're alone, but we're going to try it right now. I encourage you guys to try this out at home and see what ideas you come up with. What is this technique, Angus? Divide a piece of paper into two columns. Title the left side skills and the right side interests. Now list all the skills you have. Don't try to filter anything out. This could be anything from programming, analyzing statistics, managing employees, to whistling or bouncing a spoon on your face. On the right column, I want you to write down every interest you have. This could be hiking, photography, musical theater, painting, etc. If you get stuck while writing these lists, it helps to ask a friend or family member what they believe your skills slash interests are. While we're filling in this shirt, we're going to take a quick break. Now that we're done filling out the chart, I want you guys to use as many of the items as possible to come up with possible careers. Focus on jobs that you can do on a daily basis, which will add significant value to people's lives. By doing this, we can omit choices that may be difficult to support yourself with. Uh, so my choice is going to be a mechanical engine. I also have a career path. You do? Dog walker. <laughs> As my interests yeah. include doggos, <laughs> and my Jesus. skills include good dog petter. I am perfectly oh, suited yeah. for a dog walking I mean, career. If you do it on a daily basis, can you support yourself? If I want enough dogs. You can get one of those ones that has like all the different. <laughs> yeah, there's some dogs. <laughs> Sorry, let me collect myself. Yeah. There's some dog walkers that make a lot of money yeah. if you have. <laughs> Walk the Sam, you're making it difficult for me to focus on my career plans. Yeah, if you have very wealthy pet owners who are too busy to take care of their own dogs. The queen has a lot of corgis. You could walk I the could be the dogs. queen's dog walker. Besides dog walker, do you see any... <laughs> okay, 
Um, Any that can you support yourself with? Like, we're thinking, like, you can retire on you. Hmm. I could retire being a dog walker. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe you guys need some more time. No, I'm ready. I'm ready to go. Okay. Well, I've included food and music and art and culture on my interest list, which... Um, I have worked in various jobs in music and arts and culture. You worked with the works, right? I worked with the works. Art and Design Festival, the North America's largest completely free art and design festival. 13 days uh, every July in Churchill Square, Edmonton. Shameless plug. I have also worked at CKUA Radio. Yeah. Um, So those are careers that are viable. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Make me money. I could retire. Yeah. Um, what else do I have here? Mm, writing, designing. Yeah. You can always be freelance writing, designing. Yeah, totally. Yeah. You mentioned art and culture. What position in that specifically would you be looking into? Management or like human resources? Well, most of the positions that I would work for in any of those organizations would probably be marketing or communications. Uh, However, management is also very interesting. I would really like to experience more of the arts management side. What about you, Sam? Based on what you have, can you see any... Just to pick a couple, uh, for my interest section, uh, I put food and beer as two, I mean, it's kind of shameless, but as two two of my major interests. Uh, And then on my skills section, I have a whole load of engineering kind of stuff, uh, along with some soft skills, um, like, you know, interpersonal skills, public speaking and the like. Um, So kind of connecting the two of those, uh, I could see uh, that one could be employed as like a product, uh, sorry, supply chain kind of, you know, uh, engineer or, you know, facilitator, whatever you call those people, uh, who, you know, manages how food slash beer is distributed throughout an organization or the world and, you know, might even be able to partake in said things Mm -hmm. once in a little while. Um, and I think that would match quite well with some of the interpersonal communication skills that I have listed under my skill section, uh, because a job like that would require copious amounts of interpersonal communication skills. So I'd like to point out some of our interests are not very practical. Like, I, I see that you have beer. <laughs> really? Wow, you're so creative coming up with that. I also have beer on my <laughs> Also, and doggos. I, I do not have doggos. I, I don't have dogs. Uh, I have dogs. I uh, don't even have dogs. Anyways, I do have friends. Some of these, sometimes those are, some oh, of these are best friends. left. I forgot those. Some of these are best left as a hobby. When you think about something, if it becomes a career, it becomes work. And sometimes you just want to leave those on the side. For myself, I have graphic design, computers, and my skills, and people skills, reading and writing. Based on this, I'd say by combining my skills in graphic design and my interest in art and dogs, <laughs> I think I could be designing posters. I could be maybe in PETA, right? Yeah. I could, I could be employed under them. I could SPCA? be a marketing person for them, yeah. I have podcasting in my interests. What <laughs> a surprise. That. Yeah, and making websites. So mm-hmm. by combining making websites and podcasting, I could be an entertainer, perhaps. 
So besides this, can you guys give me an example of a job or chore or an interaction that strongly taught you what you don't want to do? Um, <clears throat> so when I finished high school and in between high school and university, kind of that summer period, yeah. uh, I was in an internship in a research lab uh, and it was kind of an electrical engineering slash kind of computer science kind of role yeah um which i was quite good at and you know i enjoyed as kind of a hobby style thing uh, but i learned that it was not the kind of thing i could do every day for the rest of my life um i needed to be a little more up and active a little less kind of off the desk job and i also kind of discovered that perhaps research isn't necessarily my thing uh yeah. for what i want to do for 50 years kind of deal um so I think that is perhaps the best answer you would possibly ever get out of me. Uh, <laughs> that's, that's but, pretty good. Uh, yeah, so that, that, that would be my experience that strongly dictated uh, what I chose. And then, you know, that basically yeah. meant I didn't go into uh, electrical or computer engineering because at that yeah. point, you know, I hadn't quite decided. Uh, but it also meant that I kind of shifted my career focus away from kind of research oriented role and more into an industrial yeah. role. The reason why I'm asking you this is that sometimes the whole breadth of jobs we have available to us are so overwhelming, sometimes it helps to look at what jobs we really don't want to do. Like, for example, I, I would be really bad at drilling underwater <laughs> or working in the oil field up in Fort Mac, you know, because that's a lot of physical hard labor jobs and I'm not the most physical hard labor kind of guy. So even though I haven't thought about what job I want to do that in depth, I can look at what I'm not very well suited for and that does help me strike a couple of things off the list. Anyways, Marina, any specific <clears> jobs, <throat> chores, or interactions that taught you what you don't want to do? Um yes. The first one, I think, is a pretty typical answer. I worked retail for, I don't know, a couple of years. Yeah. Definitely did not want to deal with people on yeah. that regular of a basis. Uh, don't want to be that bored for that many hours in my day. Those are, I think, pretty obvious answers. And I think what a lot of people come out of retail with. Some people love retail, and that's their career, and yeah. good for them. Uh, the other thing I would say is that when I was in grade 12, I was in art, an art AP program, and which a lot of my fellow students came out of that and went and did a Bachelor of Fine Arts and are hoping to have a career as a practicing artist. And that year for me taught me that I would not want to have to do that for every single day for the rest of my life, to have to rely on that for my income. I wanted art to be something that I could enjoy as a hobby, but not something that I would want yeah. a career out of. Sort of like how you enjoy dogs as a hobby, not as a career. <laughs> yes, I think dogs actually would not be uh, that great as a career for yeah. me. But as a potential businesswoman, you still have to communicate with people, right? Oh, you didn't of course. completely strike them off the list. But not so much with the general public yeah. on a one-on-one -on -one basis where they can yeah. complain to you about whatever they want. <laughs> They still can complain to me about whatever they want, but they have yes. to go through a few steps first. And they have to treat you with some amount of respect, right? 
Exactly, yeah. Yeah, not as something disposable. I feel like that's an odd word for uh, an employee of any kind. (laughs) But yeah, you're definitely, you have a little bit more respect, I suppose. Yeah. Yeah, that's nice. Another aspect of careers that I'd like to point at is the environment. When you're working, you're going to be in a specific place, whether that be cubicles or outside sitting on a very tall tower pointing at people in a pool so it plays a large role in shaping how you plan your path so if you describe to me your ideal work environment this could be as far-fetched or realistic as you'd like um well i think one of the most important things uh with a job that you choose that you don't actually know at all when you accept a job or you know when you choose a career is the people you're going to be working with um and i say this uh so so i i think personally for me i think it's important to be a you know workplace where people are fun and you know interesting and you know not boring um which Perhaps I chose the wrong career for that because yes. engineers kind of have a stereotype of very socially awkward, very boring, yeah. you know, don't do anything other than math and whatever. <laughs> yeah. That is exactly what I do not want out yeah. of my coworkers. And I feel that's incredibly important because I think even if you're in uh, a job that's incredibly boring and tedious, your, work, your coworkers can actually make it a hell of a lot more interesting than you would expect. I'm not saying this of my current job. I do actually enjoy my job, but I also enjoy my coworkers. So if you have such an importance on people, what would your ideal environment consist of? What would be the people surrounding you that you'd want to be in an environment? Um, Cool, interesting people who do stuff, you know, do sports, go outdoors, you know, go to music, stuff like that. Oh. I, I don't know that I have a location in mind. It would be nice yeah. to be in a major city. It would be nice to, you know, be have easy access to the outdoors, to stuff like skiing, oh. which I like to do. Um, you know, I, I'm not too happy, to be honest. Because yeah. if you want to work in an oil field, you have I do handful not want to work of places. In but let's be clear about that. Um, Are you okay with working up in Fort Mac? I, I would prefer not to. No. no. So now you can take steps to avoid going to this place, right? Maybe you can say you want to transfer to an office in Toronto or Vancouver, right? I mean, yes, in the end goal, you could. Or you could, you know, begin looking at companies that have jobs and places that interest you and provide opportunities for stuff like travel and, you know, uh, some companies, for example, provide recreational allowances where they'll give you money to go and buy a bike every year kind of deal. Yeah. Or skis or whatever you want. Uh, so companies like that, because those companies tend to invite in interest, you know, people who have a disposition to do those things. Yeah. Cool in general. You know, so that, that, that would be some kind of things that might interest me. Yeah, because... I remember seeing a couple of years ago, like Google's headquarter offices, and they got like slides and beanbags and like Nerf guns, and that always looked so oh, fun. Honestly, <laughs> the reason Google does that is because they want you to stay in the workplace and work 99 hours yeah. per day for them. So I don't know, I don't know if you want to work for Google, but you know, it's an, it, it is it is a legitimate yeah. company. Yeah. 
I also feel that you possibly we would be working so much that you would not actually have the opportunity to go play on the slides. <laughs> that would be very cool. Yeah. But I don't I don't know if I would necessarily use that. Yeah. So what would you where would you like to work? You know, what what sort of environment, what sort of workplace, people, general location? Oh, I definitely want to work with Sam. You want to work my with whole work life. With Sam. <laughs> Dropping some subtle hints no, from across no. the table. <laughs> no, I wasn't. That was an entirely off-the-cuff response. Um, but I would agree with Sam that it's definitely has a lot to do with the people yeah. who make or break a work environment, and if they are friendly and welcoming and social, and if you have someone to eat lunch with or go for walks with, <laughs> that makes it work a lot. Yeah more fun that, that surprises me because when i when i came up with this question i was thinking oh there's all these open space like you can see the people you're working with like uh, oh that's so trendy well, like, what sort of pops you have in the vending machine and it surprises <laughs> me that both of you guys said the people are important mm-hmm. would you say that the types of people changes drastically between the different careers or the stem fields well i'm not in a stem field <laughs> so i cannot necessarily comment right. on that uh, but I would say that certain people are attracted to certain jobs. Yeah. So communications people, for example, yeah. tend to be very chatty. They like <laughs> communicating a lot. Yeah. Um, which is kind of funny because sometimes I talk to my friends who are working for engineering companies or departments for the government, for example, and they're like, yeah, it's always the communications people who talk the most. Uh, well, I'm on a floor of 180 communications people. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, like even yeah. in the university, you can see sort of the different populations that you will encounter like in your career. Yes, I would say that there are are certain personality types that tend towards different career paths. Okay, not not trying to alienate you or anything, but sort of going back to our previous question, do you see any types of people that you would not want to surround yourself for the next sixty years? Computer scientists. That's just gross. I'm joking. I have a lot of friends who are computer scientists. I would say that it doesn't really depend on what their job is, yeah. but as far as people that you have to work closely with, you don't want people who are easily overwhelmed or who are panicked about small details yeah. or aren't necessarily proactive at problem solving. Um, or people who are just straight up unfriendly yeah. or are too busy to make the time to connect with their coworkers. Yeah, yeah. so Sam, you jumped in there for a second. <laughs> Making some Would you jokes. Like to, <laughs> you'd like to add some more depth here? Um, yeah, I'm going to say again, I don't think it really matters what their career is. Yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, in any company, you're going to have people from different you know, careers yeah. or backgrounds. Um, so I, I wouldn't necessarily judge, you know, uh, based on that. I can tell you in engineering, which is one of the most stereotyped kind of fields, I think, you know, there's, there's even a lot of variation in that. Um, my current co- co-workers are, believe it or not, actually semi-interesting. Yeah. Uh, that was sarcastic. They're very interesting. Um, <laughs> So you so you do get that, um, but what I would want in a coworker is just someone who's friendly, you know, 
someone who I can talk to quite freely, someone who does stuff in my spare time. And, you know, maybe I don't want to do stuff with them, you know, necessarily. Yeah. Maybe I want to separate friend and work. But even if I... But, you know, maybe I have the option to do so if I so decide, kind of. Yeah. A company where everyone, you know, gets along and, you know, there's not fighting and we can behave well. Yeah, I like where you went. I like where you went there because it's not like the clock hits five and everyone floods home and your work has no other effect on your life. So, on to the next section. As hopeful as it is sitting around thinking about possibilities, sometimes the easiest way to realize your dream is to get outside and try stuff out. By taking classes, joining a club, or even watching YouTube videos, you increase your chances of stumbling upon something you enjoy. So, guys, what are your favorite resources to learn something new or explore interests outside your education? Outside of your education. Hobbies. Strictly for the purpose of a career plan? Or just life. Well, something that could be a career. Like, do you... Um, I would say that the best way to explore any interest you might have for a career is definitely finding a job in that field. Yeah. So that is pretty much what co-op is for, is to learn what you would actually be doing if you pursued that career. And you've done a decent amount of volunteering as well, huh? Yes, I have. I have volunteered for a lot of festivals in Edmonton. I volunteered for a lot of different art organizations. So, for example, I worked at the Works Art and Design Festival last year, and now I am on their volunteer marketing committee. Wow. So you can get a lot of experience out of volunteering as well. I'm not sure about other fields, but definitely in marketing, there are a lot of people who will give you work and not pay you. (laughs) (laughs) But it was a good way for you to try it out, right? Like... If you left, it wouldn't be the complete end of the world. So Yes, that's true. It's a good way of sort of feeling the waters, seeing if it was something you'd like to pursue. It is also nice that you can be a lot more creative, or at least I feel that you have more creative freedom when you're volunteering, because it's not necessarily something that the organization is heavily relying on. And they're not spending any money on you, so you can pretty much... Do what you want within reason. You said you had an art minor. I do. Do you pursue that in hobbies outside of school? Uh, Yes, I do some of my own artwork that's painting. I do silversmithing, various craft and arts hobbies. Yeah, tell us more about silversmithing. Is that is that something you could make into a career one day, or is it something that? interest to you from a business perspective. Yes, I've definitely thought about the possibility of starting my own business and selling jewelry. I would, I think I would prefer to work for a company at least for a few years, especially as running your own business can be so volatile in the beginning. And I don't feel like I don't necessarily have all of the skills required. So I prefer to practice my skills where someone else is paying me a guaranteed wage. Yeah. It's it's a nice thing to explore outside of business, right? Yes, that's true. Would you say there's a balance between communicating with people and creating something in solitude? Like, do you use it as a way to sort of 
escape the disasters. Yeah, I think it's important to have hobbies outside of your work. You need some sort of life beyond work yeah. to make life a little more rewarding, a little more fulfilling. Yeah. But I'd also say there are crossovers, certainly. So I do have a fairly creative career. And even though it is all about communicating, a lot of the communications pieces we create are done in solitude, whether that's creative design or writing copy. Yeah, I'd say I'd say art hobbies are a great way of trying something out in a safe atmosphere. Like you're not investing huge amounts of money into it or investing a huge amount of hours. You can just see if it's something you'd like to enjoy and maybe it'll lead into something else. That's true. So how about you, Sam? Do you pursue any hobbies or watch any videos? Do you volunteer? Um, well, yes, uh, <laughs> but uh, from a purely kind of career aspect, well, I think one of the, perhaps more for STEM fields, uh, I feel one of the best ways to kind of put a feeler out and get an idea as to what you uh, have an interest in is volunteering or working yeah. uh, kind of part-time in a research lab or something like that. You will find any prof whatsoever will be happy to take on free slash cheap labor. <laughs> you know, so it's not an issue getting a yeah. position like that. And I expect you will find that that will be useful to find A, whether you want to do research or B, uh, you know, whether X subjects professor is in or research in has, is, is of any interest to you. Um, and it, it can be useful as well to get kind of contacts. You will be surprised the kind of uh, contacts a professor can have, either with other professors or industry or with students or whatever. Yeah. That can advance you a little bit. Um, but another kind of resource that I think uh, would be useful to learn, uh, to, to gain knowledge from, uh, kind of from a career standpoint, is just abusing people for knowledge. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a little bit about that, but yeah. um, when you when you have contacts or coworkers or whatever, uh, don't be afraid to just shamelessly milk them for everything they know mm -hmm. and, you know, all the contacts they yeah. can give you. Uh, I expect you can find that will be uh, rewarding career-wise, also knowledge-wise. You will find a lot more um, through other people's experience than you will find online, I suspect, in many fields. And once again, uh, you will find your co-workers or friends or whatever and set you up with contacts all in a lot better way than you can, you know, getting online or, yeah. you know, just randomly showing up on that or stuff kind of thing. You mentioned talking to your professor, your teacher, right? So asking them for advice or any job leads, that's it's a very risk-free way of going about pursuing leads, right? Like, what's the worst thing that can happen if you ask your professor for any job opportunities? You can say... They laugh at you yeah. and you're embarrassed. <laughs> you I, I can't go to class ever again. I don't know that you want to be that shameless. I mean, maybe, maybe check they like you first. Yeah. Because you have to remember they do get a lot of emails and whatever from students, especially, uh, well, step one, do it earlier than everyone else. Because uh, there is definitely, in the university or whatever, there is definitely a season where everyone goes, oh, dang. Um, notice dang, I didn't say a bad yeah. word. Uh, go. Everyone goes, oh, dang. Um, I don't have a job yet. And then emails everyone in their contacts list yeah. saying, hey, do you have a job? 
Um, so do it earlier, um, but maybe stick more to the people that you know like you or have experience with you first, because mm-hmm. I expect you'll find they will set you up a little bit better if you send them a personalized email as opposed to if you send an email just a generic one to every single person in your contacts kind of thing. So you can also actually form some sort of relationship with them. You can suggest, yeah. why don't we go get coffee? And I'm really interested in the area you are working in, or if you can give me any advice about where I can take my degree after I finish. Yeah. Marina is even more shameless than me. I'm saying you should milk the people who you already have relationships with. She's saying you should create relationships just to milk them. But either way, you go. Networking. (laughs) Yeah. Getting to meet people. Well, most professors I find are very passionate about what they do. And they're happy if students are also passionate about it. Sounds good. So now I'd like to clear up some misconceptions that can prevent you from pursuing your ideal career path. These are excuses that people use to convince themselves that the job is not attainable or that it would make it would make it too difficult. Some of these traps would be maybe you think you're too old or it's too financially risky, maybe you're not confident enough, or you're worried about the impact it might have on your family. These are all valid concerns, but you can't let those hold hold yourself back. You have to identify what the misconceptions are and if they actually have risk towards you, or you're just using them as an excuse to stay behind and be comfortable. So, Raina, what are some of the obstacles you overcame while pursuing your chosen path? Definitely being too old. (laughs) Too old to start a career. (laughs) Just kidding. I'm not old. (laughs) That old. Older than you. Yeah. Um... Obstacles. I would say definitely confidence and fear. It can be difficult to put yourself out there or apply for a job you feel that you aren't really qualified for, but you're really interested in trying it. Um, I personally have often felt that maybe my personality isn't that aligned with the typical business student. I'm not necessarily as outgoing as a lot of business students are. I don't really enjoy networking that much Uh, and as well in marketing there tends to be a lot of very outgoing people so I'm guessing you didn't give up when you had these worries right you didn't just switch to arts or I mean back to arts or you didn't drop out of school to a job that I could spend my time alone all day every day Um, no I didn't because I find you have to keep trying new things always, and then eventually you get a little bit more confident in your skills, you gain more skills, so you actually are qualified for the jobs that you were too scared to apply for before. Yeah. Um, and especially in university, I think you grow and mature a lot more than you even anticipated at the beginning. Okay. So, I mean, you can always try hard, but first you, you don't succeed. Yeah. Maybe eventually you will succeed. (laughs) So, Sam, were there any obstacles that you encountered when trying to be an engineer? Um, I'm not an engineer yet, thankfully. I'm not actually responsible for anything. (laughs) Uh, But I think one that comes up a lot is when you are first starting a job, or even when you're well into a job, and you kind of have this 
uh, I think it's called imposter syndrome, where essentially mm. you're just like, I am not qualified for this in any way, shape or form. You know, I don't know why the hell they hired me. Um, and I don't know what I'm doing. And I'm going to give everyone a top tip. That is almost everyone for the entirety of their life. Yeah. You know, no one actually knows what they're doing, even though they look like they have their stuff together. Um, but you kind of just have to get through it and slog along. And if the company hires you, you know, maybe you are actually qualified. Maybe you're not. Maybe they made a terrible decision. <laughs> but, you know... They haven't figured that out yet, so you need to you at still least have a job. Give it a go. You you're still, still have good. A job. You get to pretend that you're qualified for a little while. Right. Um, and also, I'd say that everyone makes mistakes, and employers realize <laughs> that too. Like, if you make one mistake, if you don't really understand how to do something perfectly, at least you learn from it. Yeah. I'd like to tell you guys a story really quick. <laughs> Ooh, story just, time. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think I told you guys this one yet. So, I was loading some very heavy items into my manager's truck. Four and a half pounds. <laughs> yeah, it was like a desk, or like a giant clothes drawer or something. And you heard him. Giant. Was, <laughs> it was giant. So, so I was sliding it all the way to the back of the truck back, and then I was stepping out, and I actually... I accidentally stepped on one of his guardrails that prevented stuff from sliding in, in through his back window. And he, like, I already had my foot on it. And he was like, no, don't step on that. And then I just heard, like, a crunch. <laughs> and as it turns out, I broke the weld on it. And it was not something that people were supposed to be stepping on. This is Angus's muscular physique <laughs> at work. Yeah. Anyways, he, he said, he was obviously very angry at me. But... After a while, it was all right. At the moment, though, I was very scared. I was like, oh, no. Oh, no, <laughs> he's, complex. He's, he's going to be like, you got to go home right now. I'm not paying you. <laughs> you will be surprised. Companies really do not yeah. want to fire people. Yeah. They will be much, much more tolerant than you will expect. Yeah. I just I just want people to realize that that feeling passes if you make a large mistake. It's not the end of the world. And even if they fire you, there's more fish out there, right? more jobs. Anyways. Just don't use them as a reference. <laughs> yeah, yeah, keep, keep them off. Keep them off the right So, just some just final question. Sam, if your friend was having trouble finding his calling in life, what advice would you give him? Like, let's say, let's say a small grade 11 student. <laughs> runs up to you and says, I have to start applying to universities pretty soon. What what should I do? I have no idea. Uh, firstly, I am blatantly unqualified to give you any <laughs> advice whatsoever. Yeah. But secondly, um, kind of just pick something and go with it. You know, <laughs> it will all work out in the end. At the end of the day, you know, um, most people you'll find don't have an absolutely massive passion for their career. Uh, most people go for a job where it's like, you know what, I feel like I enjoy doing this. I mean, it's not my one true love. You know, I yeah. prefer to be a rock star. Um, but maybe that's not attainable. Maybe I can go and I can do a job where it's like, you know what, I feel this is pretty good. Um, I would like to do this every day. I like my co-workers. I like where I am. I feel fairly stable. And maybe that's what you need to look at attaining. 
maybe you don't need to wait for you know the perfect job the perfect opportunity kind of deal um, because maybe that will never come maybe you need to just roll with it you know pick what you're kind of good at look at some careers semi-related to that maybe pick something real general like i did and just kick the can down the road a little bit yeah let yourself figure it out in the future and remember you know what it doesn't even matter if you start your career two years late five years late your parents won't like it but you know <laughs> they can kind of suck it like whatever yeah okay marina how about yourself let's say let's say in a alternate universe where I still have no idea what I want to be, and I run up to you and I say, how do I find my call? How do I find what inspires me, what I'm going to be doing for the rest of my active life? Well, I have slightly cheesier advice than Sam. (laughs) I gave the real advice. Marina's going to give the teacher-approved advice. The soft, softy, rosy outlook on life. But also... I have been doing career research for my final co-op report, which is the same report that both engineering and business students have to do. You have to talk to people in your field, do interviews, uh, and then find their advice. And what I've heard from people so far in careers that are very high energy, they do lots of different things, they travel a lot or fill a lot of different positions. Uh, and I, when I ask, do you ever get overwhelmed? Do you ever feel too tired? Do you ever not want to go to work? Yeah. They say no, because they're always interested in what they're doing. They're always excited about their job. And if you truly are excited about working on something, it will energize you more than it will drain you. So I'd say that most people already have something that they love to do. It may not necessarily be a good career choice to pursue that yeah. not every hockey player in high school is going to become an NHL player yeah. but most people have something that they're interested in that they would like to spend most of their time doing so they should probably figure out like Sam said something that they are interested in something that would probably make a good career choice and figure out how to make that work okay awesome So during this episode, we've talked about how to find what career is right for you. We've explored how childhood influences can help you find your passion. We tried techniques to find suitable jobs. And we observed some of the misconceptions that could be holding you back. So now you know what career you want. But how do you go about breaking into the industry? Tune in next Saturday when we'll be exploring internships, entry-level jobs, and strategies to help you get ahead of the competition. I'd like to thank you guys for joining me in the show. It was awesome having you guys, and you added a lot to <laughs> what I was exploring. It was a pleasure to be here, Angus. Thank you for having Thank you for tolerating thank me, Thank you Angus. for letting <laughs> me share my idealistic visions with impressionable <laughs> <Yes>. youth. <laughs> so thanks for listening to the podcast, and I hope you guys have a great week. Goodbye. Bye. Wow. <laughs> wow. Am I fired? <laughs> no, no, no. I'm good.